Welcome to the Dan and Kimberly Podcast. I only need to take care of myself long enough for us to finish this season of this podcast. <laughs> then, <laughs> then I've made my, I've met my commitment. I can finish well. I, I can go out <laughs> kicking and screaming. No regrets. No regrets. This is Kimberly Joy. And this is Dan Faye. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about self-care, which can be an interesting topic to open up. So what do you think most people think when they think self-care? So, uh... <laughs> There, there's probably like two conflicting narratives around it. Mm-hmm. So I guess one would be um, that you've worked yourself to the bone, you've burnt out and now you need to like curl up at a ball and like recover your health. <laughs> a triage unit. <laughs> yeah. So that, so like you can like get back out into the world. So you can get back to the grind basically. It's just- yeah. And that whole thing bugs me, which is why I wanted to talk about this topic. <laughs> I agree. It bugs me too. So, because uh, I pitched this like, man, achievement culture. Sure, it's great. Look at all those goals. It is crazy that like people so rarely like intentionally pivot to like healing. Unlike mm, on, like, on, the, the achievement um, healing transcendence triangle. What is that thing? I'll look it up for this podcast. Called the hat model. Is it? Oh, it's, oh, it's Purcell Jagger. Uh-huh. Good for them. Well, okay, great. It. They, use it, they yeah. taught me a thing and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause yes, hat model. So <laughs> everyone just in the Western world anyway, just a lot loves that, uh, achievement arena. It's where you prove yourself and you get yourself worth and you get the money in the fast cars. You're now driving around the mountains and um, the business, you know, conglomerate, the business Mecca mm-hmm. um, sells most of the books. And I mean, you work like eight to 10 hours to 12 hours of your life away every day. So like um, it's all this like really um, tangible stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the one narrative seems to be that like, Um, when you fail to stick it out or have enough grit for that arena. When you have to step out of the most important one, the achievement realm. Then you may (laughs) to, you should probably take some time for yourself. Maybe like, you know, get some rest, get off the podium so that you can play hard again someday. Right. Um, and it seems like people so un are, and maybe it's just conditioning, but I see very few people willingly, proactively Mm -hmm. integrate like healing practices, self-care practices into their life or like have enough self wisdom and understanding to like cut that corner way early. (laughs) So, so before the burnout, before whatever, just being like, Oh, uh, this is going to be a period of my life, you know, a couple months, whatever, something, a couple weeks, something where like I'm focused on healing and I'm going to focus on my self-talk and I'm going to, you know, put in some habits that maybe like eat better, sleep better. My sleep is getting out of control. I do this all the time. Sleep is the one that like you were talking about last episode about like sometimes you're like slippy slidey around and like doing a thing and feeling great. They're not doing a thing. Sleep is it for me. Mm. So I don't like, have to sleep. I'm feeling pretty good. So you can like sleep less and less and less and eventually yeah. knocks you on your ass. Yeah. And then I'll like flip it all the way around and I'll just be like, I'm fucking loving getting 10 hours of sleep a night. This is like the best 
year of my life. Like, like, like I'll have like a couple months. Uh-huh. I was like, I should be responsible. I'd like bookend my day by having a bedtime. Uh-huh. Uh, and I just, I, man, I feel great. I, I just feel great when I do that. And then because I don't have a goal around it, <laughs> uh, it's just like slips and slides. And it's just like cut, 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 cut. Especially with, we were talking pre-podcast about like hobby being gaming for me. Um, we're getting really good at making cool video games that take a bajillion hours to complete. So sometimes we have like really good years with lots of releases and it's just like, Oh yeah, I'll stay up for an extra three hours. I'll stay up for an extra three hours. I'll stay up for an extra four hours. I'll stay up. Like I'm going to bed at one. When I was a kid, I could go to bed three. It's fine. And then like, I'll do that. (laughs) Um, And eventually I'll just be like, I'm so grumpy and tired and exhausted. And so those are the two worlds of like, self-care for me is like the people that seem to see it as like a punishment. Like I wasn't good enough to be doing what I should be doing. Uh-huh. It's like the minor leagues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the people that are like trying to like use it like a, like a chapter or, or like a something you can do. That's just as exciting and just as interesting and just as fulfilling as like having a period of life where you like push and create and achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, they're working on like health and personal understanding and like quality of life and all this, all this like basic fundamental foundational stuff. I told you I really want to talk about this. I'm like amped about this. You are. <laughs> um, I d- I've never got to like talk about this before, like as an articulated set of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, that was the period of my life where you met me. Um, which is when I was just like, pause. This is why I like you be like, let's do presence work. Like slow down, think about your thoughts. <laughs> um, I was just like, slow down. If I slow down, I'll die. Um, and it was a period where I just like put all the brakes on. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just like, oh it's, oh, it's okay to take care of myself. Like for as long as I want, not just for like this weekend or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Like I can just slow down until I'm done being slowed down. And then I can decide what I'm going to do next. And it shaped the way I look at it because I thought like, Oh, my health and my self-worth and the decisions I make and the habits I have around well-being um, are their foundation that I built the achievements on. Yeah. I think that's really a big shift that it's the foundation. It's like, we want to skip building the foundation. The dis- yeah. Let me just go do all the things that will give me the accolades with a car or whatever. Uh, and then we skip that foundation and we wonder why we fall on our face. It's like we inadvertently, in my opinion, at least my personal experience, I create these scenarios where I am creating a time bomb within myself uh. that will eventually explode. And from a mom's point of view, you could really see it, not that only women do it, but it's really, really obvious with moms. Sure. I'll just sleep a little less. I'll just go a little farther. I can do a little bit more for my kids. I can volunteer for this thing. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And it becomes like this, um, almost an addiction to just cut a little bit more off. I'll just cut a little bit away. And then eventually they lose their shit. And they're like, what happened? I don't understand. And the, the clearest visual I can give is every time you get on a plane, they give you that safety briefing of if the masks fall down, what do you do? Do you stick it on all your neighbors? Do you run around and be the hero and put the masks on everyone? Nay, nay, my friend. What do you do? You stick your own mask on. And we right. get to do that part. And we're really confused when we pass out. 
It's like, I can watch myself do it. I know all this stuff intellectually. <laughs> and every time I pass out, I'm like, what happened? Oh, I wasn't breathing oxygen. <laughs> That's probably minorly important. <laughs> so when, when you say self-care in a mom's community, people usually assume it's like, go get a massage or go get a pedicure. Yeah, it's these like one-off moments. Yeah. Yeah. One hour so- we were kind of talking about the last podcast, right? Because because I'm still like a little bit conflated on the thought, but it's, we were talking about like celebrating at the summit. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason why that also like, and it may be like mismatched smuggled emotion, but like one of the reasons why it also makes me uncomfortable is because um, why not celebrate more often and celebrate some little things and celebrate, like mm. it's also encapsulated in that thing where it's like, well, I'm not going to just, be boisterous and joyous over some little shitty thing. Like it has to be things that I put like this, this entire year of my life into or something. Um, and uh, like giving permission to celebrate the little things. Yeah. Just like giving permission to like shore up the little leaks in your boat before, <laughs> <laughs> like before you're basically completely underwater and you're like, Oh, uh, uh, I need swimming lessons. It's too, late. it's too late for the boat. Quick, let's learn how to swim on the fly. <laughs> it might be a little late. You're just going to be like a little mouse with your nose above the water in a water bucket trying to survive. Yeah. Um, when I went to coach training, she had us write down 10 things we wanted because we had to be clear about what we wanted if we needed to take care of ourselves. Ah. And that was actually a really hard exercise because I couldn't pull out what I wanted separate from what everybody else wanted. Like I never allowed myself to fully own things just because I wanted them. Like I want to be my husband likes my body. Like there was always that layer of separation. And so I actually didn't know how to put my mask on because I was so busy putting the mask on everybody else and what everybody else wants. And so the challenge is go ahead, write down a list of 10 things. And if it's not easy to write down 10 things that you want, you might not know how to take care of yourself. So slowing down and, and it doesn't have to be fancy for me. Sometimes taking care of myself is just almost like when you go into a meditation session, you just like let all this, the junk fall out. I'm not figuring out my bills right now. Right. I'm not worried yeah. about that relationship. I'm just right here and doing that when I'm sitting across from my daughter, who's coloring and just like celebrating that little tiny snapshot of this life that I could easily miss. And I've probably missed 95% of them that I had the opportunity to experience, but celebrating those little things along the way. It's not for her. Like I used to do it for my kids. I want to be a good mom. I want to be a good mom. Now it's like, no, I want I want to <laughs> this. This is amazing. I don't want to forget. And I, I was missing all of that self-care and celebrating the life that I had because I was so busy achieving in a mom kind of a way putting them in other people, that selfless thing. That's what moms do. And I think, I think the business world does it too. I'm the guy. Just like you, we were talking about with um, time blocking, how you had to trust that your team members would be okay when you focused and you got this thing done. That is a kind of self care. It gave you space to get this thing done. Especially when I was like in that support role and I felt like I was the, emergency cornerstone of the tech side mm-hmm. so and so this actually relates to the mom thing pretty well because it was like well the other devs can do their job 
because I'm the one that handles the fire. So I'm the one that could be interrupted and I'm the one that can't focus on anything. And I'm the one that has to be like hypervigilant. Um, but at least they all get to do their stuff. Right. And at least my boss gets to go to sleep, you know, with peace of mind, knowing that Dan did a good job. Plus there's like a feedback loop of like the accolades. Why the business world is so seductive in that way is because you are getting like a bunch of positive feedback. Um, similarly from your kids, right? Mm-hmm. Being like, yeah, I love you. And you're around me and you've made it to, you know, every game and done everything. And it's, it's amazing. Um, and the opposite of that, like, because this ties back into can in some fashion tie back into like boundaries. Um, and Cute. so w- when you start to like put in your fence a little bit more, because then I decided like, Oh, there are some things I want. And like one of the things I want maybe is like pick up a new hobby, <laughs> which I hear is actually pretty hard for moms to do. <laughs> <laughs> if not like totally impossible. <laughs> it's not impossible. That's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Because it justifies us going and getting that dopamine hit of being the martyr who puts out all the fires. It's not right. a lie. It's not, it's not impossible Yeah, yeah, yeah. To have a hobby. You are going to be a better employee or mom or husband or whatever it is you're doing. If you're carving out time to do things that enrich your life. It's like, we just keep pouring out of this bucket and, and we're surprised when there's nothing left. You have to take care of yourself or eventually you're going to be empty and you have nothing to give. So it's actually in a weird way, one of the most selfless things you can do to take care of yourself because you have more to give. I just interviewed my, I just interviewed a Vietnam vet and I was asking him, why did he come home? Cause he, he had an amazingly dramatic, uh, like Forrest Gump kinds of experiences over there. And he said, because I was so focused on taking care of number one, me. And because I did that, I could take care of my guys. Ah. And a lot, of, a lot of the people in leadership over there weren't doing that. They were running around and then they were too tired to make good calls and they, weren't, they couldn't do it. And so some of their people died and to, in a much less dramatic way. <laughs> that can happen in your Bring life. Bring it in. Bring yeah. it in. Like with your kids, sometimes if I don't take care of myself, I turn into a a royal bitch. That's not great. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It was all that dopamine hit for being amazing and doing all those things because now I am, my demon voice comes out and everybody scatters like a room with cockroaches <laughs> with the, the light on. <laughs> so I have to do it. And I think for me, at least I didn't believe it. I'm tough. I could just power through. Sure. I had to fall on my face and see myself over and over again at my worst to understand that I was hurting other people by not making myself a priority. It's a hard lesson to learn. I don't know if the rest of you argue with your humanity very often, but I argue (laughs) frequently. (laughs) Well, and it doesn't help that like, so I'm still at the age, my parents are still at the age where like every time I see them, it's like, how's work? Mm. Or how's this going? Or, you know, what are you doing? And they want like some, some story about how successful I'm being. Um, my dad definitely wants stories about that, that, that I'm at least not dying, but he'd also love to, to know that I'm being successful. Uh-huh. Uh, my mom is probably like, are you okay? Make sure you're okay first. <laughs> so she might be a little bit on the other side of it. Uh-huh. Um, but it, 
it isn't. So part of the reason why that argument with humanity can be challenging, why there can be more of that argument is like, uh, if I was to frame that to people in my life as being like, actually, I'm in a period of my life where like, just taking some me time. I don't know when it's going to end actually, but you know, I, I figured out that like, man, I really like, you know, chilling out in hot tubs. So I'm doing that a couple times a week and uh-huh. you know, while I'm there, I, I swim and it's been really good to be a little more healthier. And I'm trying to like rein in a little bit of food. And everyone's just like, those aren't the things I'm asking about. <laughs> it's like, it's not as like an easily transferable. It seems like we don't tell as many social stories about it that are, that are so like, uh, uh, that's slide low friction so easily. Mm-hmm. We're just like, you can tell that to anyone. Just like update them on, you know, how your life is going, how's work going. Oh, I got a new house and I bought this new car. And like the, the achievement arena is, is a very like um, low friction thing to talk about and just share. And it's just like, it's kind of popcorny. Like no one really, really wants to know, but it's like easy to chat about. Right. It follows um, the script. Yeah. And as soon as you're just like, actually, I don't know, man, I've been going to sleep earlier. Like we were talking about, uh, you know, when you're goal setting, having like cheerleaders in your corner, having like a duo, having like a buddy and accountability partners and stuff. You now I'm going to go on a soapbox here, but you know, your real friends, you know, the people that have your back when you're like trying to get sleep earlier and like eat a little bit less junk food. And they're like, fuck yes. That's amazing. Good for you. You know, let me know how that's going. Mm -hmm. Instead of just being like, you sound boring. (laughs) <laughs> or like any other derivative of like, they're not telling you, like you're not telling them you just went to the hockey game or something. Like it's, I, I find culture interesting in that way. Cause uh-huh. I, cause I want to like, I try to celebrate people where they're at. Uh-huh. So if they're an achievement then I try to celebrate them with there, but then like other people who are like, you know, I finally feel like I got some rest after weeks and weeks. I'm like, Hey, what'd you change? It's like, Oh, I did this thing. I'm like, hell yeah. Good for you. Like I, I just try to like meet people where they're at and encourage the path they're on because mm-hmm. it's like that seems to make sense right because like you don't get to pick what arena they're currently working on and they may be in like a super healthy one and and i don't even want to frame it that way like going back to working on your well-being and picking up self-care tools and making those adjustments is something that should be celebrated and should be supported because it's not like a show of weakness or failure it's like basic human life skills <laughs> It's like we're all pretending we're not humans. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. At least in first world countries, we hide the way the babies are made. We hide when the babies come out. We hide death. Somebody else comes and gets the body. We're all shrouded from this fact that we are organic creatures that are, you know, going through a life cycle and will eventually expire because we're just like almost fighting death if we just don't look if none of us need to slow down and take care of ourselves we can all pretend that we're all immortal and we'll be achieving forever right yeah yeah. just this like really (laughs) thing and i think it does i think it's kind of really sad that it's not you can't talk to people about these kinds of things i think some of the um it would it be spiral dynamics level six some of that kind of hippie mindset that's seeping into culture sure. a little bit yeah. is the beginning of maybe normalizing that, but it's got a flavor that's really off-putting to some people. I would love for it to permeate all of culture. Oh yes. I'm taking care of myself. 
And it doesn't have to be a vacation or a cruise or something big that you can brag about that you're taking care of yourself on this $20,000 thing that you paid for. It could just be, I'm sleeping better. <laughs> I'm a human. I'm sleeping better. That's, that's a good thing. I'm working on my gut flora. That's an interesting conversation. What's yeah. there? <laughs> Deech, should I be doing that? So, Gut flora, tell me more. <laughs> you know the people that end up being empathetic? Parents, kind of. Yeah, always. So like, whenever I'm talking to other devs that have kids, and I'm just like, they're like, how was your weekend? It's like, eh, I gamed a little bit, but mainly, man, I caught up on some sleep, and I'm like, I went to bed at like a proper time, like every night this weekend. All, all the dad devs are just like, <laughs> Oh my God. I'm so <laughs> jealous. That's amazing. Yeah. Sleeping like, like, thing for sure. So, um, it's the, I do see, especially with like upcoming generations, including like ours, like we're working on it. We're like less entrenched. Mm-hmm. And so a little bit of that, like green six, uh, like energy is kind of imperm- like permutating through. Yeah, I think so everything um so that people are more willing to talk about life as like a holistic journey even if they wouldn't phrase it that way Mm -hmm. um just like talk about like anything they're trying to do instead of like trying to show off like we we still have status and culture obviously but like um we are mammals there seems like i I do run into more people that are talking about like new and interesting habits and hobbies Mm -hmm. Um, some of the interesting ones, like I, I like when I run into artists that are finally being arty again. Mm. So like when people are like really fired up and it's like, man, I haven't painted in years, but I, I went on like a meetup and I saw there were like paint nights. Um, and so for the last like three weeks I've been going to paint nights. Like I'm always just like, yes, that's awesome. Like good for you for like getting out of the house and like going and doing this thing and being around people. And you can also see how it like improves their life. Cause like, I, people just get like tangibly happier when they have things in their life that they enjoy on a routine that they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that should be worth something, right? Like setting those things in place should be just as like something to aspire to as the person who like hunkered down, grounded out, you know, built his third company and, and, you know, finally bought that yacht. <laughs> but it's it's so much easier to like broadcast the material stuff mm-hmm. um and maybe people except dads see parents parents are amazing because like par- parents can fantasize about sleeping in yes they can in the way that the rest of us fantasize about having a sports car or a really nice house or yeah, I can specifically remember crying. <laughs> I just want to feel rested again today. <laughs> There's a piece of um, self-care that I think you are actually perhaps the best at in all of my circle of friends. And I don't even know if you realize you do it, but it comes up a lot. What's that? You talk about your tracking and your awareness of creating joy. And I don't think most people sure. do that. Um, frequently I ask my clients, what is it that you do in your life that creates joy? And they're like, what? It's like, I've spoken another language. They have no idea what I'm even talking about. You mean like I'm happy? No, like joy. Like what, <laughs> what gets you into flow? What lights you up? And there, some people have no idea. And it's one of the hardest pieces of homework I give them is to figure out 
what creates joy, what could possibly create more joy, and then taking responsibility for that. A lot of times uh, we expect other people to do that for us. We expect other people okay. to mask on. I'm going to do this peacocking thing and tell you about my vacation or this thing, because then you'll tell me that I'm fantastic and that will create joy. So it's this kind of peacocking culture we have, I think is part of kind of sidestepping the responsibility for creating our own joy. If I, I just look amazing, if I just appear fantastic, of course people will tell me I'm fantastic and I will feel good instead of, sitting down and figuring out is sitting in the hot cup, hot tub creating joy. What if I brought, there's that philosophy professor who has a hot tub. I wonder if I could hang out with him and we could talk about existential crises. That would be fantastic. Totally. (laughs) Whatever (laughs) random it is. My, my list is kind of strange, but that taking responsibility for creating joy and being able to do it alone. One of my clients is terrified of being alone in a room with himself. I'm like, why? And it's because he needs that constant validation because he doesn't know how to put his own his own mm-hmm. oxygen mask on. He doesn't know how to generate joy. He doesn't know how to feel valuable when he's alone. So all of these things, like we think we probably because we've monetized it, you will feel joyful if you buy this thing. You yeah. You'll refreshed if you work really hard until you can enjoy this cruise it's all been monetized and i think it's simpler than that i think in some of the bells and whistles that we have in our modern society in the bustle we miss that and i know that i personally have over romanticized the time when people would sit on their porches and talk to their neighbors and do like okay, okay. and those kinds of silly things. You're one of those. I'm one of those. <laughs> Even though I know that there was a lot of really ugly things going behind, going on. Sure. I get it though. I, I, I could, I could see it. I could see it. I think people were a little more aware of what created joy and you don't have to go all the way back there. You yep. could be that you're playing a video game alone with a friend. It doesn't matter. But just starting to put on your radar, what does generate joy for me? Can I generate that without having to be a peacock, without having to be a martyr or a savior putting out putting out all the fires? What does that look like for me? And start playing with that. And this is one that I am still working on. Have not mastered creating my own joy at all. But the little bit that I have managed to create... It's fantastic. It's actually really fun to wink at myself in the mirror. I know that sounds dumb. Yeah, no, it is. But it's fun. High five. (laughs) I'm alone. I'm winking at myself and I'm being silly. Well, it's goofy, right? And then you're like, uh, my life is so fucking goofy. And that feeling that elicits, Uh right? When you feel like, ah, my life is just goofy as shit. It's actually a really good feeling. It's it's one of those things I'm grateful for. Like I sit back and just like, oh, that's so funny. Like, it's just, I don't know, it's just funny. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's really interesting that you say that. It, hmm. I'm trying to, like, piece through, because, like, now I allied all my life decisions based around that. I know you do. Which is, like, a bad place to start. It, it'd be talking right now, because because it's, like, we oddly farther along to the point where I'm just like, well, I can't make any decision or set a goal without knowing like <laughs> how it's going to weigh against the scale of like the joy I'm trying to create about life. So like, that's, that's a weird place to start. So I, I'll start different. Um, that crystallized for me. I think it was obvious 
or like there was a part of it that was like bugging me before um, me and you sat down for me to do like the big slowdown. In fact, I think it was in that period where the opposite was so true that it became clearer to me that like, I just wanted more joy to like have in some way. I didn't know how at the time more joy in my life at all. Mm-hmm. Because I was experiencing a lot of the other, and I, I was just like, why am I putting myself through this and like generating all this other stuff? Because I'm a strong believer that like we are creators of our, like we are within an environment, but we're also like co-creating and creating within it. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, so I'm doing this. <laughs> like no one is doing this to me, right? I had that language even before. And it's just like, okay, so I'm choosing like just to, wake up crying and just like feel awful and just like have myself worth in the gutter. Cause I'm like a failure. This is when I was at like, when I fell off a, an edge of the achievement thing and I slid down a few <laughs> summits and I was just like, well, I'm not up there anymore. So, um, and when I, when I slowed down for a bit, what happened was this all happened really quick, right? When we were talking before, but like one of the things that helped me a lot, this is Dan on his like semi prescriptionist, you don't need to do this, dear listener. I prescribe very infrequently. This but I will say, <laughs> I will say, stopping drinking caffeine for a period of time helped me figure out why I was feeling happy and why I was feeling sad. So w- when I drink caffeine, I feel moderately happy all the time, and I can't tell why. <laughs> like, unless things really blip above the radar, but those aren't what you should be looking for. <laughs> Right. Like you're looking for the little moments, the little pulls on your heart that are like, this is in a good direction. This is something that is feeling a tiny bit joyous. If I cultivate this, it will, it will grow to more. Mm-hmm. That's not always true, but like just the pull helps you like lay a few more of those puzzle pieces down as you, and like feel it out. Um, but I could never feel below that layer, like the basic happy fuzz. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's going to actually to be prescriptive work for everyone, but in a different way. I think we all tend to have found something that numbs us out. And then it's almost like, I think I'm injured, but I'm taking so much Vicodin. I don't know. You have to stop taking the Vicodin in order to figure out where you're still injured, where, what feels good, what doesn't feel good for some people for you. It was caffeine for some people. It's just overeating over pornography, entertainment, Facebook, putting out fires, being just busy, 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 being addicted to that busyness, whatever it is that numbs you out to yourself is going to stop you from even being able to sort of understand how to create joy because you're using it to create like an artificial little high and that fuzzed out feeling. You can't feel underneath it. Yeah. You have to be willing to unnumb like you did with caffeine in order to dial that in and figure it out. Well, it's like interesting, right? So like if I was going to build a society based around achievement, I think I would do the same thing. Like, so if, if, if the moment to moment, like lines you could have of joy, right. Are like from one to 10 and you can create a steady stream of them that are around like a six or a seven, if you're like being really intentional around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what if, what if without trying you could like introduce like a psychological system to each individual person where they were just always at a four. And so it's like, the question is like those four ish people can push themselves super hard because they can't feel when they're at one, two, well, they probably can feel at one, but they can't feel the twos and the threes. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything is just 
like a four and sometimes they blow up to five because maybe someone gave them a high five or told them they did a really good job or whatever, but they never get to like the six or the seven. And maybe they still get to like really crazy, awesome stuff. Like they get married and they have these big moments. And so you start thinking like all of your life are cultivated around these big moments because it's the only thing that like pushes through that numbness. Mm -hmm. And so, but as a society, you get to push your people and your culture super hard and no one bottoms out when they hit two. They only bottom out when they hit one. And, and so, that's like, when we, they go get a pedicure, which makes right. all money. So it's all good. And so, <laughs> which is like a five because it like it's this novel experience that like bumps them back up and they like they stabilize. Like I can see, I can see it, and I'm not even trying to speak negatively. Like I can right, see right. why you would create a system to do that if you were creating a giant machine that was that was bent on like progress and grinding right. it out. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, if you step back and look at every person as, like, an individual microcosm, this goes back to my individualist spiel from before the podcast. <laughs> if, you, if you're if you trying to optimize joy on an individual level, you need to give them the flexibility of bandwidth to, like, feel three and two so that they can feel the higher ones, too. And, and so, like, that denumbing out does make you more susceptible like you won't always be at this like random fuzzy high anymore you will have to like wink at yourself in the mirror like you'll, you'll need strategies to just be madly in love with being around yourself but the thing is like if you can set a baseline where you are actually really joyous in your life and like the things you do you're really intentional about picking because they are like just amazing and you're feeling amazing and you're going to do stuff that you love then like there's no reason why you can't have like a wider range of emotional understanding of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I I'm not saying, those. yeah. Like I'm not saying that the goal of life is like to be happy or whatever. This isn't like what I'm really trying to yeah. <laughs> profess here. It's like, but I ended up enjoying more that, that spectrum, like being able to enjoy the human experience. So you were talking about like everyone not thinking they're human. And we right? argue with our humanity and just, right. Run. Right. And so like a really good way to prove that, uh, that you're not human is that, like, well, humans don't really have emotions. Mm-hmm. Like they mostly just feel like a four all the time. They feel it a four. They feel it a four of goodness. I'm a participant in society and I sometimes achieve and my family's doing okay and I'm doing okay. I'm doing fine. Right. And like, but the human experience is like that whole thing. I'm fine as a four. Yeah. I'm going to start hearing that now every time. <laughs> I'm fine. Hmm. Um, there's only one thing that I want to pull out of that, that cause I think that's a great analogy. Just kind of numbing out creates a really efficient and, and I don't think society does it to us. I think we do it to ourselves. Um, and so nobody sure. has to give you permission to grab those other frequencies. The only person who can give you uh, permission. I will agree with that entirely. Yes. And so even if that's what the world might currently seem to uh, reward, you can still 100% give yourself permission to start breaking the pattern of fourness, as Dan put it. You can start playing with joy and the highs and, and recognizing that if you leave the numb state, you are going to feel more highs, but you might feel some lower lows too. And knowing that those are coming and then starting to read some books about emotional agility and all those things, we've actually talked about it before. Yeah. But that's the human experience. And you can only experience happiness that we're all sort of chasing in this culture. How to be happy if you can also experience the other ones, because happiness only exists 
in contrast to all of the other things. So you can't just grab joy. Sorry, you have to you have to open up to the whole plate of the human experience. Yeah, I totally agree. But um, just starting to focus on how to generate joy. So you're not just opening Pandora's box and all you see is like sadness and anger <laughs> and all of this other stuff. Like, why would you yeah, open she- that box? <laughs> no, that's a horrible plan. Start start charting joy and start seeing how you behave and what creates that for you and toying with it. And all of that stuff can make the rest of the human experience as you take care of yourself, just part of normal. Oh, this is a normal thing. I'm kind of down today. Okay. So this is me processing down. What can I do to generate some joy here and there? I could go for a walk. I could do this. I could do that. And you start building strategies to deal with all of the spectrum as you take care of yourself you're putting your mask on you're not jumping into taking care of people so that they tell you you're amazing so you can get back to foreignness right you're taking responsibility for the whole thing and um once you start paying attention it's amazing how much we don't do or how much we're afraid of doing how much we don't play a bigger game or a different game because we're afraid of how it's going to feel what if they reject me what if they don't like me what if i feel sad what if it hurts yeah, that's just kind of <laughs> life. Yeah. But you're never going to know until you can figure out how to process those things and then generate joy as you go. So taking care of yourself is maybe a little more complicated than we originally let on at the beginning of this podcast, but it's one of the most empowering things you can do for yourself. No one else can give you this. It's one you have to take. It's one you have to manifest to use fluffy terms. Sure for your own individual self. The only thing I'd add on to that is being able to give yourself permission to process that entire spectrum mm-hmm. also gives you time to actually work on the tools. Mm-hmm. So like self-care things to do when you're feeling a little bit low or a little bit blue, or you're feeling lonely or you're, or you're feeling embarrassed or like just emotional processing things that like help you either get back to a state that you want to be at or allow you to be comfortable enough to like process and enjoy, enjoy, but like experience where you're at, like exactly where you're at. Um, I'm saying that because I can give a counter example of like, um, so I used to drink a lot of energy drinks. I would make a choice every day. I would look at it and I would say, okay, I can either feel tired and a little bit grumpy now and all this stuff. And I'm a little bit frustrated and I feel like I have a short fuse. Um, and I would sit in that space and 80% of the time I would be like, yeah, I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> I, I don't want to figure out how, what this feeling actually is. I don't want to, um, spoiler. Mostly it was that I wasn't drinking enough water <laughs> or getting enough sleep. <laughs> uh, I find this out years later, every time I'm like really, I'm just like, (laughs) fuck, I haven't been drinking water. So it's been, uh, that won't work for everyone, but like water, drink at least a little bit of water. I'm not telling you to drink like 700 cups a day or whatever. (laughs) Drink like a little bit. Uh Uh, But like, but most of the time when I was in the period where I was like in the middle of like grinding it out and just like, I thought achievement was like the most important thing. I'm just like, I don't want to deal with any of this. I just pop it. And I just drink half the energy drink and just be like, okay, I'm on now. And I felt good, like, like a solid four, a solid four <laughs> compared to where, compared to where I was. And like, I had a lot less like turbulence around, like, why am I feeling this way? Or like, 
like it, it streamlines a lot of my brain. Like my brain just like hyped. It's just like, okay, mm-hmm. we have stuff to do. Let's go do stuff. Let's go push on this thing. Let's go move this boulder. Let's go whatever. And I didn't have to do any introspective work. <laughs> uh, but my point there was, I also didn't get to practice the tools. So like it kind of, it robbed me of like classroom time. So I kind of like changed my brain on that too. It's like Kimberly or whoever is like giving me these tools. I had other coaches as well. Like I've read books and it's like, I have this method that's like to be applied to this thing. And it's like, Oh, well, no, I'm just going to skip, like skip trying it out. And then I'm just going to be like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work or, but I wouldn't say out loud, like, Oh, this book is shitty. It doesn't work. I'm not really that type of person, but in the back of my mind, I'd just be like, Oh, I didn't learn anything from that book. Like, it seems like an interesting methodology, like uh, the power of now, mm-hmm. but I don't really understand how it applies to everyday life. I was kind of excited when I started reading it, but it, it doesn't make any sense. And it was because like in the moments where I could have started trying to apply it, which is a long road, like learning to apply these tools and getting like even a little bit of like practice and mastery so that you feel a little bit more competent with them. You actually have to like do it and you have to fall on your face and kind of suck at it first. And you have to like be a little bit awkward, like in your head and like try to figure things out. Or you can just like not, you just go back to the thing that numbs you out. And like, I'm, I'm sitting here mostly saying like, I'm not going to, like, don't beat yourself up about the numbing out thing, but like realize you're making a choice every time. Yeah. Realizing you're unsubscribing from life every time. Yeah. Which is fine. And I, I'm, I'm like, I'm a really strong proponent of that. I unsubscribe I'm a, frequently. I'm a mass reader of horrible novels. I, right. So <laughs> like, I'm a really strong proponent yeah. of just like, today you decided to opt out or like, we've had conversations before. We're just like, yeah, I just like vegged out and slept and curled up in a ball on Sundays because I basically like blew my social breaker and it was just like, everyone go away. Um, and I own that. It's like totally fine. If I just bear than fine. It's like, I got rested. It was good. And I feel a lot better today. Um, but just like not being on autopilot, not being so bought into your ruts and your script when you're doing that stuff, when, when you start thinking about, when you start processing what we're saying here and you start thinking about the things in your life that are making you more numb, they're, that are stabilizing you more that aren't work. They're, they're shortcuts. Just, just think about the shortcut. That, that's why I started thinking about caffeine. That's why that day I was just like, I'm going to stop. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. I'm stopping caffeine. You, uh, you, you sure that's a good plan? <laughs> and the next week he's like, I haven't drank anything. I'll be like, are you sure? <laughs> it started to really freak me out as a coach. I don't know. It's a good plan, but he did great. And it worked out really well for you. It really gave and, you the perspective you were looking for. Yeah. And now I drink like more, ca- like I, I drink a cup of caffeine in the morning to kind of like get me into the work day. And like, like, so I'm not, this is why caffeine is kind of a funny thing to talk about because it's not like it's a particularly hard drug in any particular way. But like it was getting in my way of having that classroom time, that that introspective work time where I could like practice some of the tools that you and I were talking about mm-hmm. or that I had heard in the past. And so um, and so just giving yourself. That's why like this all comes back partially to like exercising if it exists at all that little bit of your presence and that little bit of your free will to like sometimes just sit and stare at a choice and be like, man, you know, I do this every morning and like, I really want to work on this stuff. Let's like try something different. Uh, and it's, it's very cool. Cause that just like kind of radically changes your life. Like for better or worse, the landscape for me totally changed when I stopped caffeine. 
like I didn't have a shortcut in the morning. I knew I wasn't getting enough sleep. I knew I wasn't eating a certain way because I couldn't just fake my energy level. Mm. And so I would get up and instead of just being able to like push the grumpy away, I had to sit with it. I had to sit on the bus with it and just be like, I'm in a foul mood. I don't want to spread this to anyone else. I don't want to be negative to people. That's not the type of person I am. And I just like, I was with it Mm -hmm. and it was great because it just put me in this space where it's like, okay, I can't just turn this off. It's not just a light switch. Like I created this mental state. (laughs) I figure out strategies of how to be there versus running away from it. Yeah. And so, and that's all part of self-care. Like, Mm -hmm. Being with yourself and enjoying every aspect of it, the times when you're grumpy and the times when you're tired and the times when you're bouncing off the walls and like just, and just falling badly in love with like that entire human experience of this like project you're working on is, is why I think it's really important. Yeah. Yeah. At the very end of, um, it's Tim Urban's Ted talk and he's got the, the procrastination monkey and the like, he has this, I'll link it. He has this chart that he throws up there and it's, it's one box for every week of your life for a 90 year life. And it's frighteningly few boxes. And it really, for me, that image frequently comes to mind when I am disengaging from myself. Sure. That I just have this, you know, depending on what your philosophy is, if you think of, you're going to come back or you're going to go to somewhere else. The only thing I know for sure is I've got this one right here and noticing when I'm disengaging that, that the image now pops into my head. So if you disengage today, when will you engage? Cause I don't just <laughs> engage for like a minute. I will tend to disengage for a couple of weeks. Yep. Yep. I agree. It's like, do I really? And sometimes I choose to, sometimes I choose to disengage. Nope. I'm just going to disengage for this week and I will, try to get back on the train on Monday. Okay. But I think learning these skills and learning how to take care of myself overall, like a general upward trajectory of tuning out less. So I miss less of the time with my kids. I miss less of the moments with my husband. I'm not as tuned out. I don't even know if you can be present all the time, unless you're some sort of guru type. I I have not arrived at whatever level of the human game that is. But I do know that as I see myself being more and more present the way you are, it just, it feels more alive. I'm more okay with who I am and what I am and the situations I'm in and creating the experience partially because I put in some work on building that foundation of taking care of myself. So do you want a foundation? What do you want to build? That old, I think it's a Bible story. Do you want to build your house on sand? Do you want to build it on the beach? Do you want to build it on some rocks? It'll work. It'll work just about any way you build it, but maybe putting some intentionality there and seeing that perhaps you didn't even notice that your foundation was crumbling, like you just weren't even aware of it. And you didn't realize that there was an impending nosedive in your future. Who knows? But it is a really um, kind of a foundation of just about everything we talk about, learning how to take care of yourself. All these tools are kind of learning how to take care of yourself. Perfect. Awesome. Well, we went a lot longer on that one because we had so many good things to say. I really, really, really enjoyed this episode. (laughs) (laughs) It was good. (laughs) It created a lot of joy for me. Yeah. Ha ha. I hope that you, if you are still with us, also experienced joy. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. 
<laughs> That's the basic answer. Awesome. Okay, well, we'll see you in a week. All right, see you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Okay.